And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. And available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. If you prefer to leave an email, that address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or you can call our vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, he's back. <laughs> I was uh, I was in reruns last week. We like to call it in the biz, best of shows. While I was up in the North Georgia mountains for Thanksgiving, visiting my dear sainted mother, um, I had intended to record shows uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, but um, I was overtaken by tech- technical difficulties, and it was not to be. And so the most I could get accomplished uh, from uh, that location was uh, to to post uh, best of shows via my smartphone using the cell signal. So um, I, I think I was able to cho- choose some really good interviews to play for you last week, but uh, I have fallen sadly behind on the events of the week, which really weren't that much. I hope you had a a great Thanksgiving, and we're able to step away from uh, the the crazy politics in Washington, D.C., and enjoy your family and uh, reflect a little bit on the history of Thanksgiving and and just the uh, just the great um, country we're blessed to live in and all of the things that we have to be thankful for uh, in the country and in our in our private lives as well. Um, there was some fantastic football last week. I hope you get, were able to catch some of that. Uh, that Alabama-Auburn game was one for the ages. Uh, I can't think of a better college football game I have ever seen. Uh, certainly none more entertaining. And um, both of those teams really stepped up and uh, – <laughs> And had one of those uh, those state rivalry games that uh, just cannot be beat. And uh, and the college football uh, committee saw fit to uh, rank Ohio State University over LSU, which just is a mind blowing development. I, if if you're interested in this at all, go online and look at the schedule Ohio State has played and compare that to the schedule uh, LSU has played. Both the teams are undefeated. Uh, and, and you tell me how in the world anybody could arrive at the conclusion that OSU, who has played pretty much a patsy schedule, they played Wisconsin and Penn State. They won both of those games, obviously. But other than that, uh, they just had a walk in the park, and you compare that with LSU's schedule that has included, you know, all of these LS or uh, all of these SEC conference games, 
and uh, and they've won in convincing fashion a week in and week out. And you tell me how in the world somebody could determine that uh, Ohio State is a better team than Louisiana State. Uh. <laughs> Only thing I'm surprised at is they don't have uh, Notre Dame in the top ten, I guess. But uh, this weekend coming up, we've got the SEC championship game where LSU is expected to just uh, destroy Georgia. Uh, LSU is in the SEC West, and Georgia is uh, won the SEC East. Uh, just watching Georgia, I don't see how they're on par at all with LSU. But you know. Uh, it's another one of those games that anything can happen. So uh, I wish I had one of those tickets in Atlanta, but um, but it's going to be something to look forward to. So let's get to the news. I'm going to talk about impeachment. This next phase of impeachment, I don't even know how to how to label it anymore. Uh, they're calling it phase two, but it's certainly not phase two. It's probably uh, uh, phase. Uh, 10 or so they've been trying to impeach this president ever since he got into office but uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit i want to talk about this um this terror attack in london they're calling it the terror attack on london bridge Uh, it's actually played out uh not on london bridge i think both of the um the victims of this islamic terrorists uh, were actually killed in what they call the fishmongers hall now if you think Fishmongers Hall is uh, something of a a market, a fish market or something. You're mistaken. Fish uh, Fishmongers Hall is evidently some sort of uh, one of these uh, nonprofit uh, do-good uh, headquarters there adjacent to Jun- London Bridge. And uh, they were, in fact, holding uh, some sort of conference about reintegrating Muslim terrorists back into um, British society, <laughs> and uh, and one of the attendees was this uh, Muslim terrorist Us- Usman Khan, who had been released after serving less than half of a sixteen-year sentence that he was given for terrorism. He w- had been plotting to blow up the London Stock Exchange. He was sentenced to 16 years, and then he was released by the lunatic Brits after having served less than that. Then he was brought into this conference to talk about reintegrating him into British society where he showed up with a, a fake bomb vest on and two knives and proceeded to start murdering people. And as I said, the, uh, the, the actual, uh, victims that, uh, that died were both, uh, attacked and killed at, inside this, this conference. One of them was the guy that was, uh, holding the conference. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where, People become victims of their own uh, uh, delusions, rose-colored glass delusions. And uh, he was stabbed in the chest, and he died. He had uh, he was a graduate of uh, Cambridge University. 
he had spent his whole life, you know, engaged in these uh, these do good activities where he was trying to overcome the reality of the world and uh, and impose his his um, his idealized version on it, uh, and and that's how he he came to his end. But um, you know, you have a, you have no doubt heard by now that. Um, that three members inside this so-called fishmongers hall um, started to fight back, and it, it was uh, this this conflict that you saw that spilled out on the London Bridge actually began inside the fishmongers hall when a Polish cook that was working in the basement heard the screams, ran upstairs, and and saw what was going on. He took a narwhal tusk, a six foot long narwhal tusk off of the wall a narwhal is a a whale that has a a long unicorn like tusk he took it off the wall and uh, started fighting back against uh usman khan and uh and poking him in the chest and fighting him and uh, giving you know everybody a chance to escape he was joined by another man who took a fire extinguisher and started spraying uh, this, this terrorist in the face, another person finally opened the door and allowed, uh, this Usman Khan to, uh, escape out onto London bridge where the, um, the brave defenders, did I mention that this, uh, this cook down in the basement that was fighting this guy with the narwhal tusk was a, a Polish immigrant. So they were fighting, uh, they were fighting this guy out onto the bridge. Uh, they finally got him down onto the ground and uh, five minutes later, after receiving the first call, the uh, London Bobbies showed up. Five minutes. Now, this is what this is a third or fourth attack that has taken place out on, um, well, that has um, been out onto London Bridge. But it took them five minutes to get onto the scene onto London Bridge. Whereupon, um, having seen the, the fake bomb vests that this terrorist was wearing not knowing it was fake obviously they uh they thankfully uh shot him to death and ended this uh this terrorist attack five minutes it took the bobbies to get there while these uh these guys uh, fought this uh, man armed with two knives uh you know to try to protect the public five minutes and you had the uh, the Metropolitan Police Chief. Her name is Cassandra Dick. She's about five feet two inches tall and looks just like a an old school marm. I'm sure it absolutely strikes terror into the heart of the Islamic terrorists when they see this woman as uh, as the head of the Metropolitan Police Forces. I think the reason she got her job is she's probably the only person shorter then the uh, Muslim mayor of London, who's also uh, named Khan, I believe. And if you wonder, you know, why they're, uh, they're not uh, monitoring this, uh, this terrorist who had been released after serving less than half of his, his 16-year sentence for a terrorist conviction and was wearing a, an ankle monitor, if you're wondering why they're not monitoring him more closely and why it's taking five minutes 
for them to get to uh, to, to a terrorist attack on London Bridge, you might want to listen to um, one of the other chiefs of the Metropolitan Police Force and, and see what their actual uh, priorities are. My name's Helen Millichap. I'm a chief superintendent in the Met. Uh, for my day job, I am in command for Harringay and Enfield Police. But today, I am going to be the Met spokesperson for Pride, which is a great honour and privilege. So the Met have a really long-standing relationship with the Pride organisers. In case you're not aware, Pride is this, uh, this um, gay parade that they have all over the world. They have a huge one in London, and it is, uh, you know insanely flamboyant uh, with uh, all sorts of sexual uh, displays going on. So this uh, this Metropolitan Police Chief is bragging about her involvement in the Pride Parade. And our planning starts literally the day after the previous year's parade. So we have been planning literally four months with the organizers to make sure it will be the safe, amazing day that we want. So she's spending her time preparing for the pride parade they don't have time to be monitoring these islamic terrorists who they're letting out of jail she's busy with the pride parade we're involved in lots of different ways one of the most brilliant ways we're involved is participating in the parade itself in uniform last year there are about 150 officers parading in the general parade Oh, and she's got her 150 officers uh, also preoccupied marching in parades designed to celebrate people's sexual lifestyles. Man, it's just sad to see how far Western civilization has fallen. They can't even protect themselves from uh, people who have already been identified as terrorists or putting them ankle bracelets on them and releasing them into the public. Here is that, uh, that Metropolitan Chief of Police, Cassandra Dick, that I mentioned earlier uh, talking about this incident. It is with the heaviest of hearts heart. that I have to inform you that as well as the suspect who was shot dead by police, two of those injured in this attack in the London Bridge area, have tragically lost their lives. My heart goes out to their loved ones and to the three further injured victims who I understand are being treated in hospital. And of course, to everybody who has been affected by today's terrible and mindless events. Well, you got to give it to her. She's really good at uh, reading her uh, her regrets and condolences not so good at enforcing the law not so good at focusing on the things that a police force is tasked with but she's really good at regrets and the metropolitan police force is really really good at the pride parade tells you a lot that uh, these people that responded to this terrorist attack had to use a narwhal tusk and a a fire extinguisher to fight back because, of course, they have no Second Amendment rights in Britain. How how much sooner could this incident and this uh, terrorist have been neutralized if there had been uh, a a law-abiding 
citizen, an armed law-abiding citizen on the scene, I guess we will never know. Well, we got to run out to a break. When we come back, I guess we're going to hit on this uh, this phase two, uh, as they're calling it, impeachment process. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. So they're back in town after giving, uh, uh, taking 11 days off because, you know, this impeachment process is so important that we have to remove the president. So let's all go on vacation for 11 days. Did you get 11 days for Thanksgiving? <laughs> no, most people didn't. But, uh, you know, these, uh, these House representatives that are totally uh, locked down on impeachment, not getting any of the other business of the American people done, took 11 days off for Thanksgiving. They went home, and apparently they've gotten quite an earful from their constituents who are sick of this whole process and would like for them to uh, get back to work on things that actually matter, like passing the USMCA agreement, creating jobs, securing the border, reforming trade deals, passing a daggum budget. How's that for an idea? No, they're going to come back from their 11-day hiatus and they're going to get right back at impeachment. And now, instead of having to look at the uh, repugnant visage of this bug-eyed, pencil-necked Adam Schiff, we're going to be treated to another two weeks of looking at this troll-like um, Jerry Nadler. And um, Devin Nunes appeared with uh, Judge Janine and talked about uh, this this new phase that we're about to enter into. Well, we now know that this coming week, Jerry Nadler is going to start you know, phase two of the circus. Now, Jerry Nadler has been in the witness protection program now for several months after he botched the Mueller probe. So we're going to see how this goes. Suppose they're going to have like talk about the constitutionality of, of impeachment. And look, during the Nixon impeachment hearings, you had an actual break-in. You knew what the crime was. During the Clinton uh, impeachment, you knew that he had lied to a grand jury. I think for two weeks, one of the things we we were able to expose is that not only did they not have a quid pro quo, they actually had to change quid pro quo to bribery until John Ratcliffe pointed out that the only person that had ever been accused of bribery in Adam Schiff's star chamber down in the basement of the Capitol was Joe and Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at right now. We'll see. I just I think it's just phase two of the circus this oh. week. So while they were off on this vacation, the president was continuing to work. He uh, he held a big rally down in Florida, his new home state, and we're going to talk about that. He also visited uh, the troops in Afghanistan. After apparently uh, a Newsweek author had written a case uh, or written a story that Trump was going to be at Mar-a-Lago tweeting and playing golf, he filed that story uh, and took off on his own vacation. And uh, the next thing you know, we've got uh, images of Donald Trump over in Afghanistan with the troops. 
So, uh, you know, the, the, over at Newsweek, they altered the story slightly and added a, a, a dash onto the headline saying, and visiting troops. But by that time, they had been made fools of. And so Newsweek turned around and uh, and fired this uh, this poor reporter who was basically just doing his job as he understood it. And that is, you know, if you're part of the mainstream media, your job is to bash Donald Trump at every opportunity. And so they, they fired him because he, he got this, uh, this story so wrong. I'd just like to point out that uh, reporters don't write their headlines. This headline is what really embarrassed Newsweek and reporters don't decide what goes to press or what goes to pixel i guess you would say now in the age of the internet his editors didn't correct this his editors didn't stop it his editors didn't uh revise the headline they let it go forward but none of the editors were fired the headline writing guy wasn't fired they took it out on this uh, this lowly reporter to try to save face And, uh, and Trump had one of his, uh, his, his trademark rallies, uh, down there in Florida where the, uh, the assembled multitudes, uh, when he started talking about impeachment to broke out into chance of bullshit. Am I allowed to say that on the air? I think I am because, well, I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll find out, but, um, all over this country, uh, these representatives have been getting an earful from their constituents, both Republican and Democrat, about the waste of time that our elected officials have been engaged in. So with less than a year from a presidential election, the Dems aren't going to trust the voters to make a decision. I've played you these uh, these clips of Nancy Pelosi saying we can't tr- we can't trust the voters to make the right decision. They're not concerned about you know doing their jobs, lowering drug prices, or passing the USMCA. They're up where they're wasting their time and who knows how many millions of American taxpayer dollars on this doomed impeachment effort because the Senate's not going to remove Donald Trump. And and the lost opportunity costs are incalculable. I've got a clip here of, uh, well, yeah, we're going to play it real quick. Uh, this is ABC News political director Rick Klein talking about um, the Democrats' predicament. The Democrats' view is now get it over and move on. It, it, they feel like they've made the case that they can make. They're, they've grown frustrated inside their conference about the inability to move public opinion, the inability to get any Republicans to go along. So the sense is they've got the votes. That's not really going to change. They need to get this process moving as quickly as possible. You'll see that in committee this week after the Intelligence Committee hands over documents to the Judiciary Committee. On the Republican side, you're hearing things like this process is rushed, it's hurried, it's partisan, uh, it's political theater, and their view on the Republican side is that the Judiciary Committee is a more fertile ground for them to play defense essentially by mocking the process. So I think their efforts are going to be to try to undermine the legitimacy of the investigation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're going to undermine the legitimacy of the, the investigations because these are illegitimate investigations. we got to run out to a break. 
we come back, we'll catch up on some of the other news. Stick with us. We'll be right back on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Daily Journal of News, Politics, and Culture. America First Perspective. So apparently the Democrats are stuck on stupid. They're coming back into town and picking up right up where they left off, despite the fact that they're getting an earful from their constituents back home that uh, the American people are sick of this impeachment effort. They're sick of this obsession the Democrats have with trying to remove this president from office when they know that it's not going to happen. And the voters are going to get to decide in less than a year whether or not they want to reelect Donald Trump. And um, you had Doug Collins, a representative from Georgia, on with Chris Wallace on his Sunday Fox News show. And he's sort of um, sort of giving us a preview of what's going to take place in these hearings at the House Judiciary Committee chaired by the loathsome Jerry Nadler. The chair of the Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, has written you asking whether or not Republicans want to subpoena any witnesses to testify on the president's behalf. Will you? Well, we're going to take care of that. We're making sure that we get our witness list in. But let me just point out something here. Chairman Nadler sent a letter asking us by Friday to present this list and present all the things that we would like to do. However, we're not even going to see the Schiff report as it's going to be known, out of committee until Tuesday night, possibly even Wednesday morning before we get to see it. There's a lot of problems here that we have to investigate here. As an attorney, if you have a case going forward, you want to know exactly what you're facing. And Chairman Nadler is simply asking for an arbitrary deadline because we've not seen the Schiff report. We've not seen any, we've not even heard from him what he actually wants to have for hearings. This is just another example, I think, of him being told, I need to do something, and we go from there. This is a problematic part for us to have to go forward with. So they're back to their games. You know, they're wanting a witness list uh, to rebut a report that they have not yet seen that the Democrats are going to produce out of uh, Schiff's Intelligence Committee. And then they're going to bring it over to Nadler. He's supposed to have four witnesses on today, and they're all going to talk about the um, the constitutional requirement that they remove Donald Trump. But Dan Crenshaw, the representative from Texas with the eye patch, the uh, injured in the line of duty Navy SEAL. <laughs> he wears that eye patch better than anybody I've ever seen wear, wear an eye patch. 
uh, he talked about what he heard from his constituents in Texas during this uh, this recess, this Thanksgiving recess. A lot of us talk to a lot of voters and mm-hmm. independents, Republicans, even Democrats are a little sick of this. They do see this for what it is. It's, it's a political game. There's no evidence to be had here. Uh, we, we've had open impeachment hearings, and every single time there's some new bombshell in the headlines, well, what we actually see is that there's nobody with firsthand knowledge of what the president's policy was on this. It also seems a little suspicious that all of these people who are the implementers of policy towards mm-hmm. Ukraine never had any official guidance to withhold aid uh, for these investigations. They don't have any documentation to support that. They just had these presumptions. You know, okay, They all spoke sure. to each other in an echo chamber and then decided that this was the case, but they didn't really know. So how are we going to impeach on that? I mean, you can be suspicious based sure. on that. But how are you going to impeach? It's, it's a really radical leap. Well, Victor Davis Hanson was on one of the news shows, and he, he was talking about uh, what they're proposing to impeach the president for is thought crimes. They're saying that he wanted to withhold military aid from the Ukraine uh, in order to receive dirt on a political opponent, but none of that actually ever happened, and nobody ever actually heard the president say that that's what he intended to do because in the end there was no investigations of the Bidens or in the, the 2016 elections and the, and the Ukrainians got the money. There was a short delay, but the head of the office of management and budget says that that was because the president had expressed concerns that the Europeans weren't carrying their weight. It's the Europeans uh, issue of whether or not, Russia, uh, you know, holds sway in the Ukraine. It's not an American concern, first and foremost. It's a European concern. Actually, it's a Ukrainian concern. But, uh, you know, if if we're going to help the Ukrainians, the Europeans ought to step up, and they're not doing that. This this whole impeachment effort is doomed, and the people know it, and uh, the people were telling their Democrat representatives that when when they were home for this thanksgiving break that's why republicans feel a little bit on the offensive right now especially in those moderate districts and i'm going to be really interested in seeing uh, the reaction of those swing states or swing district uh moderate democrats once we come back from the recess this week um mikey sherrill mm-hmm. who is a democratic freshman she flipped a republican seat in new jersey um there's some reporting on her town halls this past week when she was back home and while her previous town halls had been focused on those kitchen table issues such as health care and the economy pres- prescription drug prices and and the gamut there are a lot of impeachment so the question is going to be whether or not these uh, these freshman Democrats from red districts come back and tell Nancy Pelosi you're killing us and whether or not Nancy Pelosi really cares because at this point this this thing has taken on sort of a Ahab and the white whale uh, feeling they're locked in on this they can't get off of it they they are incapable of doing their jobs. I've got this clip. This is from a Democrat at a diner in Pennsylvania, which is critical for the Democrats to uh, to take back Pennsylvania if they're going to win this election, and this is what she had to say. 
Democrats sounding off in the city, one of the bluest parts of Pennsylvania, a state President Trump won by a slim margin in 2016. Both Republicans and Democrats need to get this behind them. Even a strong cup of coffee can't shake Democrat Marta Lafferty from her impeachment fatigue. I am tired. I really am. I am tired of it all. I, I really am. I, I didn't think I'd ever say that because I'm such a political animal. Well, you know, I, I think they're going to move forward. I think they will have the votes in the House to uh, impeach the president. Then they're going to send it over to the Senate. And if the Senate has the cojones to do it, uh, they're going to call oh, Hunter Biden forward and uh, and maybe even Joe Biden and start trying to get to the bottom of exactly what was going on over there with, uh, with the vice president's uh, demanding the firing of that Ukrainian prosecutor that was looking into the company that was paying his son millions of dollars to sit on the board. I've heard a lot of talk that, uh, you know, Hunter Biden didn't know anything about the energy sector. He didn't have any expertise to bring to the board. It's really not complicated. He was there as an influence peddler. The, the son of the vice president that was in charge of the Ukrainian policy was sitting on that board for one reason and one reason only, and that was to protect them, along with, by the way, a protege of uh, then uh, Secretary of State John Kerry, who was also there for protection. Here's this clip I spoke of earlier with, um, with Victor Davis Hanson talking about they're trying to impeach the president for thought crimes. Well, I mean, it's not against the law, or at least it wasn't under this U.S. Constitution, to think something. If I want to think about uh, speeding 80 miles an hour, and I talk about thinking about it, but I actually don't, I'm not guilty of anything other than harboring a bad thought. So Trump may or may not, we don't really know, the evidence suggests he didn't, think about uh, delaying aid, and that aid was delayed, but it wasn't cut off. Maybe he thought about cutting it off, but that's not a crime. And there was a context about it. And he didn't fire anybody, force the firing of anybody in Ukraine. He didn't interfere in the sense that the Ukrainians started an in- investigation at his mm-hmm. prompt. So he didn't really do anything, just but like Victor, he didn't really collude with a Russian. But on that first but, point, though, uh, about whether it was a thought or yeah, not, yeah. when you had OMB bean counters, a couple of them resigned, uh, but they were going around debating, yeah. we now know from some emails, uh, beyond the testimony, uh, saying, is this legal to hold it up, it wasn't just a thought. It may have only been days or a couple of weeks, but the aid was held up. It's not, Ed, it's not against the law to hold up aid. Uh, every president, every administration has a right to examine, cross-examine, think, double-think about the aid for a lot of reasons. Maybe they thought it was corrupt. People have suggested that, that Ukraine couldn't be trusted until they had mm-hmm. ver- verification that the new president was ver- reliable. Maybe they thought... Uh, Donald Trump was too sensitive about giving aid to anybody. All of these are legitimate reasons to to delay or to interrupt aid. But the bottom line is he didn't cut it. Right. And in it, the end, you're going to you're going to convict people of thought, thought, thought crimes for considering cutting it. What, what would you do if you said, well, Barack Obama never gave them lethal aid, and a lot of people right. died because of that? Well, but we don't. We're not impeaching Barack Obama for that. That's his prerogative as a president to mm-hmm. say, you know what? I'm not going to give any lethal aid to the Ukrainians. Heck with them. Hell with them. I don't care about giving them lethal aid. So no Republican said, "Oh my God, we're going to impeach the president. He didn't give him lethal aid." Right. It never happened. So 
to your point, what about the fact that I mentioned a moment ago that Jerry Nadler, who's now going to take over from Adam Schiff because it's gone over to the Judiciary Committee, says in his letter to the president, by the way, we're still looking at alleged obstruction in the Mueller report, and basically that could oh, be an article please. of impeachment. I thought we'd already dealt with that. We did, and we not only found that there was no collusion, Robert Mueller said that there was no actionable evidence that would lead to an indictment for instruction of the president. And then when he was queried on it, he said that was not just because he was the president. If he had been anybody else, he would not have been indicted because there wasn't the evidence. So he can, what, what is the subtext, Ed, of all of this is that there is no new witnesses. There's no documentary, documentary evidence. There's no special counsel. There's no Leon Jaworski. There's no Ken Starr report on this Ukraine business. So mm -hmm. unless they can bring in a marquee witness like John Bolton that has new information of direct testimony of a conversation with the president, there is nothing. You remember that scene in, uh, in Moby Dick? Uh, the last scene where Gregory Peck, who's playing Ahab, um, gets uh, lashed to the side of the great white whale uh, who, you know, takes him to the, the bottom of the ocean. That's exactly what the Democrats are caught on here. If they impeach the president in the House of Representatives and send it over to the Senate for a trial, the Senate is, is not going to entertain these uh, these bogus arguments that uh, the president has to be impeached or removed for these thought crimes, they're going to use this opportunity to dig into uh, the Obama administration and specifically Joe and Hunter Biden's corruption in the Ukraine. And that's going to, you start pulling at that thread and you're going to learn exactly why the Democrats are, are, are back on this, uh, this impeachment jag it's another cover-up impeachment because so many of the Democrats, their families and their cronies, had their, their snouts in the trough over there. The Obama administration was uh, channeling billions of dollars of foreign aid and uh, international monetary funds over there. And you had all of these Democrats, including, it's coming out, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and, and maybe even, oh, uh, Mr. Alexander Vindman himself, who were who were tied in and graft and corruption over there, and the uh, the Guardian newspaper this last weekend uh, published a major report on Hunter Biden and uh, and the the level of uh, personal and professional corruption on behalf of this guy is just staggering. Apparently, while he was sitting on this uh, this no show job for. Uh, the board position on Burisma and collecting millions of dollars. He was also snorting crack and uh, impregnating um, strippers at a, a local strip club there in Washington, D.C. She is, uh, her name is Dallas. She has since gone home to Arkansas and is enmeshed in a, a paternity suit against Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's now claiming that he doesn't have any money, he doesn't have any income. All of his millions of ill-gotten gains from Burisma and China have uh, have he squandered those away, and he is unable to pay child support for his his uh, his child that he fathered with a stripper there in Washington D.C. So they're going to be able to start pulling at the threads of Hunter Biden and his influence peddling, and it's going to lead to a lot of Democrat corruption. That's the real reason why they're, why they're 
they've launched this new impeachment effort to try to stop Trump from looking into this. And I guess the big wild card that's still hanging out there is uh, is John Bolton and Mick Mulvaney, who have both petitioned uh, uh, the courts to determine whether or not they have to comply with these congressional subpoenas and come forward and testify. Some people are saying that John Bolton is going to take this opportunity to get his revenge on Donald Trump for his firing. I'm not really buying that. I'm not really buying it. John Bolton is a consummate professional, and he is also a a zealous partisan. He is not going to deliver a Republican president up on a platter for these Democrats. I don't believe he will anyway. Uh, he, you know, he's going to preserve his, uh, what they call political viability, you know, to work in a future administration. And, uh, and he's not going to go up there and, and tell the tr- truth or even lie for, for the Democrats, uh, impeachment effort. Crazy Maisie Hirono is, uh, is really, um, uh, hanging a lot of her hopes on exactly that happening. He should step forward as the other courageous testifiers have stepped forward to tell the American public and Congress the truth of what the president did. Do you believe he will eventually testify? And and will that happen uh, in front of you in the Senate? It doesn't look like it's going to happen in the House, obviously. One can only hope. One can only hope. You just keep hoping, Maisie, crazy Maisie. So we'll just wrap this uh, this whole impeachment uh segment up with a a quote from uh, Maryland Democrat Senator Chris Coons, who who knows exactly what's going to happen if and when the Democrats in the House of Representatives impeach this president. I haven't seen any evidence that um, gives the president's side uh, or that explains his conduct as anything other than inappropriate. Um, From what I've heard publicly and privately, I don't think there will be the votes to remove him um, if this does come to an impeachment trial in the Senate. And to me, that's disheartening because it removes guardrails on presidential misconduct. What Chris Coons is doing right there is waving his arms and trying to uh, send a message to the House Democrats. Do not send this over here. It's not going to go anywhere and it's going to turn out really, really bad for us. Well, we're going to get treated to another uh, episode in Impeachment 2.0 over in the House of Representatives and Jerry Nadler's Judiciary Committee. And we'll report on all of that tomorrow. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, Trump's rally down there in Florida. It was a stem winder. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. So now that everyone stuffed themselves with turkey and, uh, and you know, had uh, gotten that out of the way, we're now in the Christmas season proper. 
And if you're looking for some great Christmas gifts, some great Patriot-branded Christmas gifts, you can't do any better than Red State Trading Company. You can find them at redstatetradingcompany.com. Uh, uh, clothing and home goods for Patriots, you can get 10% off of your order when you give them the promo code DAWS10, and 10% of all the profits that Red State Trading uh, realizes will be donated to the American Legion. So you can get your shirts, mugs, hoodies, home decor, hats, even ladies' undies with Patriot uh, branding, build the wall, Trump 2020, don't tread on me, all of that kind of stuff over at redstatetrading.com. You can also find them on Twitter at Red State Trading or on Facebook at Red State Trading Company. Get 10% off your first order when you use Dawes 10 as the promo code. So, you know, you you probably know that Trump has moved his residence from New York City because the prosecutors in New York City and New York State have gone on this uh, this jihad against Trump and are harassing him. So he's gone down to Florida, and he held a rally. They're calling it a homecoming rally down there. <laughs> well, I should set this up first. As a backdrop to all of this, a new... A new quote has emerged. This uh, this is old Joe Biden during that uh, that corn pop speech that he gave. I, I don't know how this particular nugget quote escaped attention during the whole corn pop controversy or fiasco. But uh, here is he uh, he is addressing that same audience where he told them about the legend of corn pop, where. He gets truly, truly weird. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. So it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And I tell you what. This is the Democrat frontrunner to be president of the United States. He's run twice before. He's never got above 5% in the polls. This is what they want to put forward. I mean, that is truly a perverse and um, just creepy, creepy quote from old Joe Biden. I'm going to play it for you once again, because, um, it, it really, it should be the last nail in the coffin for old Joe. We'll see. He's got, uh, the Iowa caucuses coming up in about a month, a little over a month. And this, if he, if the other Democrat candidates had any determination to uh, to win in Iowa at all, they should just put this this quotation on a loop. Not even have you know, not even say anything about it. Just play this. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand, and it get hot. I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. 
and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again they look at it so i learned about roaches i learned about kids jumping on my lap and i've loved kids jumping on my lap dude and i tell you what dude that is so weird that is just weirding me out just listening to it i mean in that one clip right there you capture joe biden's perversions his incoherence his dementia all of it that that is the defining soundbite for joe biden and his uh his latest run for the presidency so trump was down there in florida and um yeah he's entertaining the crowds because that's what these uh, these rallies have become you never thought that you'd go to a uh, political rally for entertainment but uh um that's exactly what Donald Trump has got going on. And uh, he takes off on old Joe and, and, uh, and Hunter. And for the people. And if you want to see what corruption looks like, then take a look no further than slow, sleepy Joe. I don't know what's going on with Joe. When Sleepy Joe was in charge of Ukraine policy, his son, I call him, where is he? Where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? What happened to Hunter? Where's Hunter? His son received millions and millions of dollars from a Ukrainian energy company without a great, you know, the reputation of that company. Absolutely nothing about energy. What business are you in, sir? <laughs> you got to uh, you got to check out what happened next. What business are you in, sir? The mailbox business? Oh, mailbox. Whoa, that's that's good. Do you know Hunter Biden? Do you know Sleepy Joe? <laughs> Oh my God, that is, that is, uh, gold. That is Trump gold right there. Oh, bail bond. Whoa, that's, that's good. (laughs) Do you know Hunter Biden? (laughs) Do you know Sleepy Joe? Oh God. (laughs) That is gold. You know Hunter Biden? Do you know Sleepy Joe? <laughs> he went on to ask this uh, this bail bondsman. So did you ever work on energy before? You know more about energy. He said no. Then Hunter, you know much more. And despite being thrown out of the Navy... For lots of different reasons, we won't even go into it. He made no money, zero, nothing. And then all of a sudden, his father becomes vice president, and he's making millions and millions. And then he goes to China, where, by the way, we're getting very close to a very good deal. And if we don't make it, that's fine, but we're getting very close. Obviously, Hunter is dealing with different people than I'm dealing with in China. 
because after 10 minutes, he walked away for his fund with $1.5 billion. I will tell you, I say to everybody, these are different people that I'm dealing with in China. They got much softer. That was when his father was vice president, and now they're finding other countries likewise. I will tell you something. The fake news doesn't want to bring it up. So Trump's now saying that he he, he looks forward to this trial in the Senate, and, and the only re- reservation I've got is the spinelessness of the Republicans in the Senate as a group. And also, you know, they've got their noses in the trough over there in the Ukraine probably too. So, you know, whether or not they're going to be able to uh, or be willing to totally expose the Bidens and the Democrats for their corruptions is, is, is you know, an open question. But certainly they could, and, the, and Trump will have representation in the Senate trial, and he'll be able to bring these things forward. So there's big talk now that the IG report is going to be out on the 9th. The Inspector General of the Department of Justice is going to I- issue his report on the 9th, and they're going to hold hearings on the 11th. I'm, going to, I'm just going to give you a heads up. Don't bet the farm on this IG report. I've been telling you for a long time now that Inspector Generals are not there to uncover corruption. They're there to protect the agency for which they want, uh, for which they work by pretending to investigate corruption. So uh, they're going to soft-pedal it. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow for another edition right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.